0: Welcome to more to come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com/slash-comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor-in-chief of the Beat at ComicsBeat.com, and
1: uh, we well, can check us out on Twitter at, at @PWComicsWorld. And I'm
2: Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right. All right. This week on more to come. Diamond Retailer Summit. The Mocha Report. um, The Vulture Top 100 Comics Pages Report. um, The Mystery Artists for the Martin Luther King Comic Book is revealed and uh, various tributes and the coming to and the coming of Action Comics 1000
1: and also controversy on the comic strip page okay yes.
0: and since Heidi was actually on the premises at the That's retail right. summit yes, in addition I called you from, to writing a, a yes, terrific report
1: uh, I called you from the live from the report and did my little tired I guess I was in the the morning at 6 a.m. Calvin called me and reminded me that I needed to do this my reporting <laughs> yes
0: you, did. you know yes. like
1: the professional that I am I jumped out of bed and I went into the bathroom and did it and so <laughs> uh anyway but listen it was um I now I can't hear myself at all okay. yeah okay and my,
0: I think mine has changed a little yeah. too suddenly uh,
2: okay well I, well I wasn't sure one what you, two three what you, whether one,
0: you want it to be louder flatter, two, three, or
1: less one, loud two, three, wait, wait, yes. Uh can you turn it up just a little bit more yeah there you go okay awesome finally okay so yeah uh, well you know this year's Diamond uh, Retailer Summit uh, comes at a time of uh, great change as I alluded to in my little on the scene report mm-hmm. uh you know definitely people are coming and going um you know right after the summit mm-hmm. it was announced that joe Illich was going to be yeah uh, leaving uh. lionforge and going to valiant and um he you know he's there robert meyer has been up at mm-hmm. up at valiant and this follows all the comings and goings. you know idw uh, chris ryle oh we forgot chris ryle has been confirmed is going to skybound i'd heard this as a rumor uh but you know all these people coming and going uh changes and um You know, as far as the comics go, it's mostly more of the same, really. Um, The one (laughs) big change maybe was, uh, I guess the talk of the show was really Marvel because they rolled out their new editor-in-chief, C.B. Sapolsky, came. And, you know, C.B. is a real people person. He is really a great communicator. And uh, I heard from every retailer that it was way better than last year's with uh, some different people. But um, there's so many controversies out there mm-hmm. with Marvel that, uh, you know, he ran afoul of a couple. So. Yeah. But so well, there's definitely. also
0: Pullbox, too, which was a major right. part of your That's right. story. That's and right. an interesting um, uh, dilemma for, for for retailers.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, Pullbox is a... You know, Comixology, when they started, had a service for retailers where they could... Um, sign up their consumers, their customers to the Comic site and create a digital, uh, a, a pull list. It wasn't even like for digital. It was just saying, oh, I like these comics. Mm-hmm. And you know, the retailer could use it as a pull list. And a lot of retailers did adapt that uh, to use it. However, Comic has sunsetted that in, mm-hmm. at the end of March. And um, you know, we talked about with Greg Pock when he was a guest here on the podcast. You might recall that we were talking about him starting kind of this movement to have a way for consumers to order comics immediately, yeah. digitally. And you might recall that uh, Chris Powell from Diamond uh, responded and said, oh, we have that in the works. Now, you know, Chris, uh, who I talked to for the story, is, is great. So uh, this is one of my little podcast tidbits. But he did admit he meant to send that as a DM, not as a public tweet. So, <laughs> But you know what? Once the genie was out of the bottle, they yeah. were like, we're doing the – I mean, it's been in the works for years. But now Diamond is rolling out its yes. software called Pullbox. <laughs> So, right? Yep. So have I got that mixed up? No, no. One you're is whole no, right. list and one is box. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. But, so, they're, gonna, uh, uh, they're rolling it out. And, um, you know, I mentioned this in my story. I don't think I mentioned it from my on-the-scene report. But let me tell you, uh, you know, at the Retail Summit, you have meals. Like, you have breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast. So, you have, like, four meals. And I always try to sit down with different retailers at different, you know, people yeah. I don't know and – I introduced myself and I talked to them and so at this this one I asked them, What do you guys think of pullbox? And it just couldn't have been more different. Yes, <laughs> I, well, mean, I mean it was, polar- it was polarized in your story. I mean at every time I brought it up, there'd be one it was like civil war. It was Cap yeah. versus Iron Man. It was like one <laughs> retailer would be like, I love it. I, I can't wait. You know, it's really important. And then the other would be, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, you know, Diamond's going to steal my customer Well, that seems to be
0: a big issue there, too, mm-hmm. the worrying about uh, – because what it does, it connects – the it, it allows consumers to connect to their original store. Right. But by going through Diamond, or at least right. the data may pass through Diamond –
1: well, you're assuming that. Yes, I mean, I'm assuming. And so are the retailers, apparently. Yeah, but it does, apparently it doesn't actually need yeah. to go through Diamond. Yeah, I mean, Well, that's good. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, I, I mean,
0: but that seemed to be a major point uh, among right. the retailers, right. worried I, about what's going to happen with their customer yeah, information.
1: Yeah, and I think it really says a lot about this industry that you know about 50% of the people who sell the products in the comics industry are worried that the... the <laughs> distributor that has a monopoly on that industry is going to try to put them out of business i mean that's really a fascinating yeah you know i'm not saying that you should ever you know take anything at face value especially these days but you know that's some paranoia going on right there <laughs> and you know I, there was one awesome moment when um jamie at her name's not jamie she's from pack rat comics i i know her and i always forget her name uh, so, forgive me. Uh, I quoted her in the story by name, but anyway, there was one of these polar they like you know um, oh
0: um, Teresa Coke Teresa
1: Christ. Teresa, mm-hmm. and uh there was this older retailer he, he was like i 'm mm, not going to do that you know i don 't think I need that and then Teresa went into this really passionate description of how important it is to her business and mm-hmm. how how it 's increased sales on and you know the guy to his credit was like looking and stroking his beard. And saying, "Huh? Well, you know, I—I I, I mean, I'll look into it. Yeah. You know." So she was really being yeah. an advocate, and you could see minds being changed. But, but yeah, it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah, no, very interesting. Um, but, yeah, but
1: now- yeah, yes, Kate, we should. There's
2: another story that um was coming out around the same time. And some heat
1: over it came mm. out, well, that's right I summit. was alluding to with c b Svolsky having some, yeah, I know, uh, but I thought we issues. might go into more detail right, that's what I'm saying. I thought you brought that up, but I'm talking about it now, oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> see this is what happens when we don't get together for two months. We've lost our rhythm, guys, come on, we're gonna get rid of it um so uh yes, with um as I alluded to earlier, there were some uh that yes yeah, c b Marvel is far from out of the woods. Uh and one thing that just happened over the last little while is uh Amazon started having we alluded to this actually on the podcast previously mm-hmm. that they have started having ninety nine cent sales on graphic novels, digital graphic novels however uh you're all right Amazon has a lot of sales, however, some of them are books that are just out that week and uh let me tell you retailers were really upset about this because it really lowers the value i think we you know we talked about this before saying that you know people are talking about this is totally lowering the value of digital Hmm. collections entirely um you know over at the beat my writer todd allen has been covering this story like you know it's his stormy daniels i mean every day todd gets up and he writes a story about this commissality sale but uh but there's there's more to it than meets the there eye. There is. There is. And, you know, Calvin, I'd love to get your perspective on this. Because just to set the scene, I wrote about this in the story. Like CB, you know, a retailer gets up. First question is like, hey, what about those 90? Sure. And CB says, look, we know it's not fair. We're upset about it. But this is an Amazon thing. It's not a Marvel thing. And, you know, you could hear the whole room saying, oh, come on, pull the other one. And afterwards, like, I, hi, I can't believe CB said that. And then I got to be honest, after I looked into it a little bit, it seems that Amazon can set their own prices.
0: Yes, uh, and, it, and they'll do it anyway. I mean, I personally, what I think we are seeing, because we see this in the book trade, is that Amazon uh, is using its terms to deliver a price that it thinks the customers want. And they can do it within the framework of the terms that they have. They don't have to ask permission. Publishers usually don't like it at all. Uh that's what it's that's what the battle in the book world is about the 999 ebook which publishers loathe mm-hmm. they don't want it in fact <laughs> although what publishers want uh, is a pricing that uh, I think consumers would loathe right. because they want uh, they want to sell ebooks for 15, 16, 17 dollars well, well, an that's ebook ridiculous. Well they do sometimes. sometimes. And they do and they're doing it more often these days than now. And interesting ebook sales uh are flat and in decline since Mm -hmm. the heyday of the um the lawsuit against apple but in any event uh i i i i think it's a little disingenuous to say we don't understand why this is happening i have no problem with them saying amazon is doing this and we can't stop them uh this is what they do now they have data uh very often uh, uh offering things for sale Will send people to continue to buy the books when they go back to normal price. They have data on this, and they've talked about it in the past. But publishers don't like it. They do feel it devalues the the, um, of the product, and retailers, of course, hate it because right. who's gonna? You know, if you can buy a comic for a dollar, why are you gonna go into a store and buy the print?
2: Well, and it's not just any old books. Um, one of them was well, was supposed to be one of the biggest. Big ticket new items coming out for Marvel was Marvel the Infinity Thanos the Infinity siblings yeah. and by uh, Jim
1: Starlin who
2: invented yeah. the
1: Infinity Gauntlet yeah. and all that good uh-huh. stuff and yeah. Warlock
2: and mm-hmm. and else. you know it ties in thematically yes. although it's a separate story from the upcoming movie Um and it was expected to be a big seller and it shows up on Amazon. 99 cents
1: yes. well was it a big seller you know Todd has also been doing uh, char- charts that show because you know it's easy to go in and get a rolling a- average of what's selling the most on uh, on Comixology and or excuse me on Amazon and Comisology as well you can get best seller charts there too mm-hmm. and um, you know I again I, I haven't had a chance to really drill down on these but um, you know Calvin is right though Amazon uh, sees the digital trade paperback as a loss leader and uh, now as of today it has stopped Right. Yeah. But
2: did you buy any cake uh, during some of the earlier sales? But I think we we've swooped over some in between stages here. Uh, mm. Part of it is that while many publishers hate sales, a lot of publishers will coordinate sales with Amazon. Yeah. And the sheer frequency of Marvel sales, when it wasn't DC sales, it wasn't Image sales, it was very specifically Marvel sales. And this ninety nine cents is the most exaggerated version. Well, but. But other huge, huge,
1: huge Marvel sales had been going on Yeah, throughout and let, the me, last let year. me jump in here and say, because after CB said this, a retailer came back with the next, uh, you know, expected question, was like, well, if that's so, why is it just happening to Marvel? It's not happening with DC, Dark Horse, Image, anybody else. It's just Marvel. You know, also... I had a few people... I mean, getting a comment out of Amazon, Calvin, is impossible, so... They just don't do it. Yeah, but I did have a few knowledgeable observers mm-hmm. say that maybe Marvel had a different
0: contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Maybe yeah. their contract wasn't yep. good. Yeah. Although... That could be the case. But, I mean, that's, this is something that, once again, that they... I mean, it. you know, it's Kremlin-like there. I mean, mm. they don't really respond to questions... Yes. Uh, well, uh, I, I do think that, that that's something to consider, that maybe there are different terms for different publishers, but I, I, I do find it uh, I, it's perplexing that it would only be done with Marvel.
2: Well, but also interesting is that Marvel has told their freelancers that uh, they're going to be paying them same royalties yeah. they would as if yes? these were paid in yeah. but that's
1: rights. right, because the price that Amazon pays, the price that... Amazon Comicsology paid to Marvel is exactly the same whether Amazon sells it for 99 cents or 9.99
0: so it, it isn't affecting creators in fact they might be getting more royalties so you yes, know, yeah, yes they just might be because they're going to sell more books it, 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 one of the things that happened in the book trade in the, in the prose book world is that indeed that's what they were basically selling these books at losses they paid the full royalty even though they sold them at a price that they, they were losing money on um, be, yeah, partially because they want people to buy ebooks And they want them to go I mean that's what Amazon does They play with prices to get traffic on content mm-hmm. And they do yeah. it across everything they, they sell Because they
1: know once I come there for my 99 cent Thanos graphic novel I will see that picture of that handbag I've been drooling over for a year And maybe this time I'll say I'm going to buy that handbag
0: Yes yeah. The idea is to make you habitually come to Amazon
1: yeah, yeah. But well, I mean,
2: sp- one less charitable interpretation of that that I was seeing in some rather paranoid comments by retailers was that they're like, "Amazon's trying to steal our market share. They're trying to shut down the direct market." Um, I well, don't. Amazon think
1: wouldn't care for number one, but yeah. Yeah. right. They, but yeah. I mean, I this is a little more grounded than that. Diamond wants to kill them. <laughs> the <thing laughs> is... but but on the but other
2: wait... hand, yeah, go on. But on the other hand, I mean, from a certain point of view. You could see how, from a certain point of view, that might be true, because if they just want to slurp up tasty, tasty comic readers, and they don't care uh, what other market they're hurting, because why would they? Mm-hmm. Then, arguably, they could be hitting, hurting the direct market, and and just not care about. Yeah, that but you know,
1: let's let's look at this again from Amazon's standpoint and the larger picture. Actually, you know, one of the things I don't, I'm not sure I I might have put this, mm-hmm. I might have said this when I did my uh, six of the morning uh, roundup. Uh, but I don't remember because it was 6 in the morning. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, so
1: if I didn't, uh, I'll say it again. Because it bears saying it again. You know, one of the themes of the Retailer Summit was just, you know what? As as Milton Griep would say in his ICV2 conference, you know, this is a mature market. You know something? Like, comics came to bookstores. And you know what? We've done that. It's pretty solid. It's still growing. But that is super well established. You know, manga came... Went away, came back. Guess what? Super well established. You know what? Digital comics came. They're super well established. They're very flat right now. The sales of digital comics are, are very flat. You know, so all these revolutions that Calvin and I and, and Kate have been commenting on, you know, Calvin and I have been doing it for, what, 15 years? Yeah, well, you've been some, doing it for 30 years. Some but, long, long, but anyway, some
0: big number. Yeah. yeah, all of these
1: innovations <laughs> that we've talked about and written about are are here and really well established. So, you know, what is the next thing? Like... They everybody was kind of sitting there saying, Oh, we'd love to have the next thing. But to bring it back to digital sales, you know what? They're flat. Yeah. They're really flat. Digital comic sales are not growing. And maybe this is Amazon's attempt to, uh, you know, I mean, maybe they are just trying to sell me that handbag, which is easy. I love handbags. Mm. But, um, <laughs> you know, who doesn't? Um, but, but you know, maybe this is a way to kickstart it and get a few new customers, too. I mean, there could be an upside, What's what I'm well, saying. Well, absolutely.
0: And remember oh, yeah. also, Amazon also sells a lot of devices that you read digital content on. Right. So, all of this is to their advantage. I I don't know. I mean, one of the byproducts of this is that they could wipe out a part of the, the retail landscape. I'm not sure that uh, Amazon even worries about that. It's not no. their lookout. Um, that doesn't mean that the retailer shouldn't be on the lookout. Yeah. Because it's an 800-pound gorilla and they can wipe you out without even thinking about it.
1: Right. So, so listen, I think... Marvel was upset about this. I mean, I'm going to give them credit. I don't think Marvel wanted to piss off retailers in this way. I'm sure this, I'm, I'm, I believe CB was being basically truthful. I do too. And And guess, and after about a week, uh, excuse me, well, that was two weeks ago. Guess what? Comixology and Amazon have stopped having the 99 cent day of sales. So, you know, I think something's been done that Dyke has been has been plugged. so Somewhat. <laughs>
2: Somewhat, yes. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see. I kind of... Here's my suspicion. We may not get 99 cent day of sales, mm-hmm. but I bet we will still get very low Marvel sales per- periodically. Well, a, a lot of... Sales. Listen,
1: we've talked about it before here, saying, um, you know, a lot of people think that the reason why there were always these sales was t- so Marvel could boost their bottom well, line. that's but, what I thought. But however, you know, after... Now that I've heard more about this... I'm not sure that's actually what was well, going on. I'm they, not sure, can, uh, Calvin. Can publishers call up Amazon and say, "Hey, we want to run a sale"? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they do promotions. You yeah, can definitely they like say.
0: you to do that. They love mean, it. I mean, if you can, if you don't do it, they'll do it for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, but yeah, but, <laughs> but a lot they of... do like that. I mean, you see this also in the self-published mm-hmm. world as well. They oh. really put pressure on people to to sell because they, they have they have data on price points. They they know consumer behavior. They know more about our behavior than we yeah. do. And and when you offer things at certain prices, they know that there's going to be a certain reaction, and then there's a secondary reaction right. as well. well.
1: You know what? The bottom line is, when you go online, always use an incognito window. <laughs> well, there otherwise, you
0: go. Amazon and Facebook yeah. are
1: going to know everything you yeah. do and everywhere well, you go and what you like and whether it's hentai or not.
2: Yeah. Um. But but I mean I. I've spoken, I mean, it's not just being pressured by Amazon. Mm -hmm. Like, I've spoken with a number of science fiction authors online, being like, no, yeah, you know, my publisher is like doing this thing to promote this bunch of their books, and like they want Amazon to put it on sale, and it's going to be great. And so, you know, I mean, it is a thing publishers do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and, you know, Comixology
1: has talked about that too. You Mm -hmm. know, they are. Um, I mean, David Steinberger did mention in one of his presentations about, you know, when you have something that costs two ninety nine and then you have a sale on it for one ninety nine, people buy more of them. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just simple. They I, want – That's yeah. what They're I do, They're always so. ready to I talk about I always put publishers. a post-it on it and mm-hmm. write 10 and cross it out and write five ninety nine. Mm. That's just common sense, people. So, Yeah. <laughs> So for sure, you know, you're going to see this behavior. Don't play retail, even for a handbag. Like, seriously, there's a lot of ways you can get them on a, you know, like, uh, anyway.
0: But just quickly, um, your story did note that, uh, you know, sales sales are, are down. Yes, um, across the board, as
1: we've talked about on this podcast, Absolutely. infinitum,
0: and the number of stores that that diamond serves is it has declined a little, but very that's little like bit, like one percent. You know, that's
1: essentially flat. Yeah, and and I mean, there's definitely been a lot of stores that closed, and uh, I mean that's that's a fact too. But yeah. but when you say a lot, it's not. A it's lot. like maybe fifty, yeah. and yeah. you know what? There's two thousand stores, so that's still not like like tons and tons yeah. and tons
0: of, that's not and you also mentioned there. That, there are like, lots of reasons why stores yes, close yes, that aren't that, necessarily yes, bad Yes, I talked to,
1: talk to people and everyone had a different reason for why their store closed there yeah. was no one size fits all it's yeah. not just sales are down and you know it's like some people like I said it's just we're reaching just the natural end of a cycle right yeah, now. Uh,
0: yes, that's another thing, and we've talked about this a little bit too. It just feels like something new is about to happen. Mm-hmm. That we're entering into a new stage, a new phase. In it's what, ripe for disruption. What this
1: yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, it is right. It is absolutely ripe so for disruption. Stick around, folks. Yes,
0: yeah. Absolutely. And you also referred back. I thought um, uh, in a good way to Milton's. Yeah speech of about two years ago. Two years where ago, we said we're he, heading for the fifth yeah.
1: disruption. And, the, yeah. you know, we're definitely... And so, listen, I mean, I'm not even... I, even for the podcast, I, I can't speculate. But you know what? There's a bunch of publishers and, um, you know, we're going to see some attrition. We're definitely yeah. going to see some attrition over the next year to 18 months. Well, and, I have
2: to say that that's why I found it really heartening on Valiant's behalf that they were doing such big name hires uh, right after Retailer Summit. Because, frankly, I thought they were the next on the block. Right. Like well, after, we,
0: we, we were giving some pretty... Uh, well,
2: we we got the, the the news that was out there looked really yeah, bad for absolutely. Valiant. Let's put it that way. <laughs> absolutely. And but, it's showing to hire such high-quality people who don't come cheap right. and who don't take jobs that are only going to last them five months mm-hmm. uh,
1: shows some, you know confidence. In they're their going to product. be around, they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're, they're investing. They're certainly not shutting down their public. No. You know, but they I think they're cutting back well, on some in of the but that. That okay. might not be unreasonable. That's not unreasonable, right. But no. that's different than circling the drain. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um anyway, yeah, so let's, let's move the
0: <laughs> But let's segue to the Mocha Report. Yes. Um, the the Why well, Arts Festival.
1: Listen, I got up again at six in the morning. I have been a warrior, and I got to the airport and I flew home from Chicago on Sunday, so I could be there for Saturday after, Sunday afternoon. But I really just caught the tail end. Yeah. Calvin, you were there Saturday. Yeah, I
0: was there both days. Um, I mean, Mocha. Uh, I mean, Mocha has reasserted itself in the last few years I agree. Uh, as a premier show in New York on the East Coast uh it's organized by these days now by the society of illustrators and they're fabulous executive director Annelle miller and uh look she's done a great job uh you know it's seven bucks to get in it's jam-packed there were more exhibitors there were clearly more uh fans and
1: well i it, heard it got shut down for a little it bit it was shut Saturday. down for a couple of hours yeah.
0: um it was this was after i got. this was before i got there because well, the i got new york
1: comic-con day. year one vibe though, yes uh,
0: exactly But really, I mean, there's no there's no open space left anymore. Um, They've moved things around. They've really they were you know it's uh, in 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 Nell's words. We love this space, but space is tight. And you know she's not. She will consider a move to another space, but finding a suitable space. No,
1: they might. You know, they should look at Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's hardly any better. But
0: I think that you know. Brooklyn may not be what she wants to do but yeah. maybe Brooklyn's she has got to its do.
2: no shortage of art cons Yeah,
0: that's true too. So they they mm-hmm. may
2: want to keep their I, I think identity. she's going to
0: hold off on that for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But she said t- she said the tennis was uh about 10% higher and it was mm-hmm. about 7,000 people last year. Right. So, so,
1: yeah, no, it was it was booming. It was yeah. absolutely booming and uh Calvin You spotted the my favorite comic at the whole show which was Ellen Lindner's. Ode to
0: Joan Whitney Pace and the
1: fabulous. Oh yes, of the that's Nets.
0: right, that's true. Well, I did see that, and then we ended up putting yes, her on the yes, um, on the podcast. Line. Good call. But you know, another good um, uh, artist, and there were some fabulous artists there. And in fact, there was a whole inter- there was the international side of this show has really exploded. That was also. that's right. Uh, but Ben Passmore, uh, your black friend, was there. The, he's expanded that his award-winning serial comic into a hardcover that really collects his work, and you really get a chance to see the range. Uh, and the talent of this guy, who I think really brings together thoughtful analysis, great cartooning skills, and humor yeah. in a really unique passage he a uh, package he is movie.
1: a real rising star yeah and uh, i've see, uh, you know he 's a, a black bun- punk he 's basically a black punk he is, and he has a lot of books coming out yeah. that are look absolutely stunning as well so um
0: yeah no a you know, uh, nice there. guy, yeah. talk to him a little bit um. But yeah But uh, John Leguizamo was there He's self-publishing Oh
1: my god Now that was the cutest thing I've ever seen
0: He's self-publishing Yeah
1: and But he was there For the whole thing Oh yeah He just yeah, had a All a, day every now, day And to be fair He bought in a really Comfortable office chair So he could sit there he, he Not did. an uncomfortable chair But he just sat there
0: He did Now and, his comics are A little pricey Yeah yeah. But
1: you know He's <laughs> uh, They're beautiful he, They're beautiful And they're hilarious And he is a people person He's a totally A Definitely people person Definitely a people and person Yeah absolutely But I mean I I just thought and he was just like i love it here he says the people are really kind and creative and um
0: no he's 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 yeah. got the comics bug he really does, bad he, he, he did ghetto clown mm-hmm. with uh, abrams about two or three years ago and um which was really kind of the graphic novelization of his one of his shows his uh, performances but this is also where he's mining his Background uh, in New York uh, back in the day. I,
1: you know, listen, I don't like to, you know, I make so much fun of nerd liberties, but you know, Lando, John Leguizamo is such an amazing creative person. I mean, Kevin, yes. you've interviewed him a few I times, have. and um, you know, I think it just, I think uh, it's to use a buzzword, I just think it's additive when you have oh, yeah. a person like him, you know, just interacting, you know, just like that's why you come to comic cons is yeah. you get to meet so many amazing creative yeah. people, right? Yeah.
2: And it's it's. All of it's fine, but it's a little different and more dedicated when it's someone who is not only a celebrity actor, but celebrity writer, really, of Mm -hmm. plays and shows and things like that, who just genuinely becomes a self-publishing comic creator. Right. And not in a, here's my uh, quote-unquote co-authored Comic about a superhero who looks suspiciously like me.
1: Well, I hope he's better than Shia LaBeouf. I hope that's
0: I, well. That's, I think he's going to be he, better. He's got you know, be better than Shia LaBeouf. You know, he's teamed up with uh, what's the guy? Um, Edgardo Miranda Rod, yes, uh, Rodriguez, right. who does uh, La Borquina. Yeah, yeah. So he's teamed up with him. They put together a, a great creative team. The comic looks fabulous. It's hilarious. I just started reading yeah. the first issue. And it's, there's uh, there's three issues out so far. It's called Freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go from there. Right, right, right. But um, but look, there was. Oh, great. I mean, first of all, Andrew Iden and Lee, uh, and Nate Powell were there for March. They were there. Um, Francois Mouly interviewed Mark Siegel on stage. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Lucas, the executive director of the National Book Foundation, interviewed Andrew, Andrew and Nate on stage. Um, uh, I had a talk with Terry Nantier, who was saying uh, at the NBM booth that um, – he, he His books were flying off the table.
1: Oh, everybody. I mean, I like I said, I was only there at the end of Sunday. And, I mean, you could just look around and see all the, the major publishers were just – You know, I was, I was talking to was Anne Telnes, the Pulitzer Prize winning oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, editorial cartoonist. She was signing at the Fantagraphics booth. and I mean, oh, she's so great. yes, yeah. so amazing. And, uh, you know, she said she started going to comic shows. Uh, she says a lot of editorial cartoonists – are trying to reach ISIS because we need to bring in younger people. Yes, they but, do. Um, anyway, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just like a really fantastic. It, um, yeah, it's a great yeah. job. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Ross Chess was there. They had uh, Liniers was there. Oh, and I should say, Yvonne Lagbe, uh, oh, yes. of yellow Negroes and other imaginary creatures, New York Review of Comics. He was a, he was really getting a lot of attention. Obviously, there was a big Times piece about him. Uh, the book is very good. And, you know, New York Review Comics has really created a buzz they around have what they're really doing. really
1: impressed me mm-hmm. with what they've done. Their books are not, not every book is for everyone, that's no. for sure. But there is absolutely, like, every book they put out is a real reason to be published. You know, it's really deserving yes. to to try to find a, an audience. So, um, you know, really great stuff there. But no. um, So the but, show's going just fine. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh,
0: Mocha is doing just fine. Uh now this is a this is actually a delight. The vulture the the culture technology and lifestyle uh news site has put together a, what uh, the 100 best pages in comic wasn't book history. It was the best of, well, I, Okay, or, so I was one of the I was something? one of the
1: contributors yes. to this. So uh you know they did a piece of, uh maybe a, a year ago uh that was the 100 most influential jokes. Uh And uh, that did really well for them. So they decided to put together the 100 most influential pages. And they stuck to North American comics and not comic strips. So There's not comic strips in there. There's not manga. There's not European comics. So it's really a very narrow focus. But um – but yeah. still a really wide yeah. well, range we, of topics. Well, we did. You know, yeah. I, I mean I was one, but I mean there was fantastic other people. A- Abraham Reisman, who is uh writes about comics frequently for Vulture, put mm. together the team, you know, it included Cheat here, Fred Van Lente. By the way, Fred Van Lente, you know, he wrote the comic book book of comics. He wrote yes, the uh, right. history of comics in yeah. comics form. That guy knows everything okay hmm. like i cannot i've always recommending that book but seriously if you want to read the history of comics get fred and ryan dunlevy's yeah. hist- comic book history of comics i cannot recommend it enough um you know brian cronin who who you know, right? Uh, you know, comic book mystery solved for CBR. Uh, mm-hmm. Charles Hatfield, um, yeah, there was scholar. a scholar. Yeah, you know, another. Um, there was. It was just a really Richard Starkings, uh, Richard Starkings, and Mark Morales. Uh, it was just a really cheat uh, here. Yeah, yeah. I was very honored to be. Sarah Boxer was there. Um, very honored to be among yeah. the the people. But um, you know, it was a pretty daunting task. But you know, we came together really
0: quickly. So, did you actually all come together, or did you mm-hmm. just sort of? email we, at each we, other
1: we never saw each other but i you know we had an email going on uh mm-hmm. for a while and it really did come like you know abe had his whole solid idea and then everybody else threw in their ideas so and you're it,
0: a, you just yeah. made suggestions of what pages yeah. should be in. and them?
1: i mean you know it was kind of um it's like i said i think there is a, a very conventional history of comics i do think the list is reflective of the conventional history of comics a little bit but, you know, there's a lot of EC in there. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of... super. I mean, you know, there were some pages where I was kind of rolling my eyes. Just if you know me, it was like, oh, this is the first time there's a super team. I'm like, okay, you know, I I do admit that's fairly important in the history of superhero comics. But, um, you know, but that said, I think we get into I the modern era uh, quite a bit. And uh, I said you'd never guess what pages I wrote in there, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it goes right up to Lumberjanes and Ms. Marvel. Um, Who
0: wrote the the little blurbs about each one? Well,
1: we just split them up. Split them up. So they're yeah. all different people. You know, Fred, Brian, mm-hmm. Sarah, myself. Um, so, yeah. Well, and, I, and we didn't... And I, I'm kind of glad they didn't sign each one. That yeah. way it remains a mystery.
0: And I think also it's what I found very interesting is that, you know, you didn't necessarily use the front cover of whatever book yeah. it was. Or you really kind of pull out, you know, the pages that were, I guess, significant to each individual person that suggested it. Well,
1: no, I think it was more like each page was more like a significant story point. Uh I mean, I think a lot of them, uh, you you know, as I mentioned, I wrote a little think piece about this in The Beat yesterday. I mean, it's been a while since anybody did something like this. Mm. And, you know, let's let's all praise Vulture. It's like, you know, I can get paid to do it. And... You know, everybody got paid to do this and, you know, it's not like I'll be rich off of it, but, you know, I definitely paid for my time. And, yeah. uh, you know, the kind of resources do that. But um, I think what we were trying to do was to have, like I said, it's not necessarily the page where the Batman first comes out, but it's maybe where he thinks about being Batman the first yeah. time. So <laughs> so some of the pages are a little bit unusual from the ones that you might have thought but yeah. um, a little quirkier list maybe but uh, hopefully it gets
0: I think it's fabulous uh, you I know and I feature.
1: cannot believe that we got away with this you know I <laughs> well I thought that there would be the next day there would just be you know hate pieces and how awful we were and you know people definitely on uh, I mean I've seen quite a few things that, that do say we should have done um, manga and foreign comics and that, you know absolutely I agree yeah yeah you know but it wasn't. It was just yeah, know, it was just North American comics. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised that we've gotten such little hate mail about this piece. Because usually when you do it, yeah you get well, a lot the, of
0: that's the criticism. comics world, isn't it? But I I think it's delightful. I think uh I think I um it, it made this sort of exercise to me a little more interesting to see the ver- the variations in pages that you picked out. And because it was so broad about North American comics, although not world comics, mm-hmm. um, it 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 did something that I think I mean we all tend to look at the comics world as kind of one, even though we know there 's it 's all staked out and frankly hostile to parts of each our parts to other parts of it, but it really did I really loved how this really it, this really catalogued the entire you know an incredibly broad range of American comics from the you know indie experimental to superheroes. so this was yeah, you know, I
1: I, I think I think uh, brought us all together I, I think a little it was bit a for solid a moment. I think it was a solid and um very list and uh I think the lack of hate for it that's it's, expressed it's appreciated. Publicly, yes. <laughs> uh and in fact marked enthusiasm, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Like have uh, been a lot of very nice comments about it. And um yeah, Kate. Yeah, okay, here's where I admit uh. and I apologize.
2: And now <laughs> that I know that it gets past the stuff at the very beginning that I, as someone who spends a lot of time in comics and has read a lot about comics history, pooped out on early in it. I got, like, 20 entries in. And I was like, (laughs) I know this one, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one. And Calvin's like, that's part of the point. And I'm like, but that's boring to me. Um, But I could see that as the list went on, it, it diversified a little from the, like... Yeah, yeah, I know this important stock point in comics history. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. Ugh. But you
1: know, I think one thing you you have to remember, I mean, when I was a kid and I first got into comics, there was a couple of books that I read. Uh, there was a thin shelf of reference work on comics that were very influential. You know, there was the comics by Jules Pfeiffer. That book's very mm-hmm. uh, influential. The great uh, comic book heroes. The great comic book heroes, mm-hmm. yes. And then there was a, a book that was called All in Color for a Dime that explained a lot about stuff. And I didn't know any of that stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, I would encourage, like, you know, we're all should be pretty well versed. I imagine the three of us could put together a list of a hundred, you know, influential comics pretty easily. Probably so, you know, if we had enough time. But, um,
0: you know, and somebody was paying us to do it. Yeah, someone was paying <laughs> us to do it.
1: But, um, you know, I mean, I hope that's the kind of thing that this does is that it does give if somebody is just getting into comics and. Wants to know about comics history. I mean, yeah, it's a little
0: primer. They've got a page from Neat Stuff Number Three. I love Neat Stuff, and I think it's it's completely undervalued in the history of of what changed uh, comics, alt, alt comics, and it's here. I, I mean, I just yeah. you know, just a little personal thing. Oh, no, that's a great. I, I wanted the Mary. Uh, I love Neat Stuff, page,
1: but uh,
2: well, I mean, I have to say, like hearing that it covers a lot of that more in between time, not just the early days. Yeah. Maybe I'll scroll down 50 <laughs> in order shot. to get some territory that I don't
1: know as well or even just to make you reconsider your own you know Kate you, you could be the one to tell us we're wrong go right yeah.
0: ahead yeah sure you know,
2: I, 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 don't I don't have the attention span
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: now where out. I just, all right. I just got, now I, it comes out alright really, let's go now we got
0: more I, ground I, to cover
1: I Just got bored.
0: All right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Let's move on here. Okay.
1: Well, one of the comics on the list, real quick, uh, was the uh, uh, Martin Luther King and the Montgomery Story. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it was listed as Artist Unknown. And uh, on the beat this week, we were able to solve that mystery. There you go. Uh, Drum drum, roll, please. Yeah, but Calvin, your good friend, James Romberger.
0: Yes. Yeah. uh, James, who is a uh, a sleuth of classic comics artists. Drum roll, Um, please. And yes. Shall I reveal the name? Yes. Yes. Woo! yes. So, um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I didn't read all of James's piece, but I know he was proud of himself mm-hmm. um, because obviously a lot of people have been uh, trying to figure out who is the artist, uh, and he's been right around here. He just never. I said. do, I do find it a little. Quiet interesting. man. apparently is launderman. quiet. Um, I do find it a little interesting that. I mean people have been really taught over the last particularly since March started mm, was first published. there's been an enormous amount of discussion about who is this who did this art, and he apparently missed all of that <laughs> until very recently. but well, there you go well, I mean, I'm finally old. glad
2: I don't think he spends a lot of time on the internet. My
0: understanding of it is that he is razor sharp
2: mm. well that there mean- is
0: nothing that he's not he's not clueless or He's, but, yeah, I guess he's still doing work. I but, guess,
2: but I, but I don't mean clueless. I just mean that if he is given the generation he's of, that's not a generation that spends well, a lot of time on the internet. He's he i eighties. I mean, the guy yeah. is like. I mean, you can still be doing old man. Yeah, you can still be. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but it has nothing to do with sharpness. It's just like he's a pre-tech generation. He's doing his art, and he's not reading the internet. Yeah. yeah well, you know. Yeah. But
0: at my my point is that someone who does read the internet would come up to him and say, "Hey, Cy, si, didn't you work on?" <laughs>
1: but but apparently that didn't. Well, happen. they didn't know where he was. You yeah. know, like this is. I mean, you know he was. Uh, this happened at the Big Apple Con, which yeah. is a local show, which is kind of a throwback, con, to be mm-hmm. fair, uh, or charitable. And uh, Alan Rosenberg, who is uh, on the committee, he is tasked with finding Golden Age artists, and he's really good at digging them up. I mean, Cy Barry had not been at a modern Uh Comic-Con, so he found him and invited him to the show, and then Eagle-Eyed James saw his name on the guest list and was like, I will go, and I will solve this mystery. But Calvin... You you uh you might have heard of the grapevine that maybe there's still some inaccuracy.
0: Well, nobody. I mean, I think what happens a, a number of people have been doing this. I mean, um, you know, Andrew uh Iden mm-hmm. has been really working uh quite diligently trying to um uh figure who this out and I I think he had a he had a number of names and I think he actually he had even been in touch with some family members of Sidberry. God, he um, came so
1: close. It's like Wimbledon um, Green. Right? So, I mean,
0: that's Literally. another one of the things. Also, I think the academic uh, Sylvia Rohr, who's done a lot of uh, research in this. So, but. It's uh, so, well, she
1: wrote to me and yeah. I connected her with James. Yeah. So they're talking. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's hopefully good. We will so have a, a more number of. There, there's
0: been a lot of people out there sniffing around and and trying to figure out who and theorizing uh, who it might have been. And um but you know kudos to James yeah yeah. And, yeah um
1: yeah it was very good and we were able to update the uh the 100 most influential pages with the yes indeed. I saw a so link in there yeah we're doing that um, now Kate uh, uh, so some other you know just talking about traditional comics and stuff mm-hmm. we did have a couple of items here about. Um, uh, some turmoil. Some turmoil. Well, no, just like the you know what the old old Churn. comics page does change. But uh, the Pulitzers were given out this week, and there was a surprising it's, winner. It's true.
2: Yes, the um, book is well. This it was for the editorial cartoon category, but instead of going to a traditional editorial cartoon, it went to what could best be described as a graphic story it wasn't published in book form although some might say it was novelistic enough to count um new york times published it in installments it's called welcome to the new world it's by jay calpern and michael sloan Mm -hmm. and it's about a family of syrian immigrant refugees yeah and um, a lot of people said, you know, it's it's great to see, you know, some variety in the editorial cartooning, awards world, um, and, you know, moving the times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But some editorial cartoonists didn't like it. They said, you know, this is a great work and it's worthy of a Pulitzer, but this is, quote unquote, neither an editorial nor a cartoon, well, so it does well, not deserve...
1: What so- was it Antones was saying to me about how they are dying yeah. and no one is replacing them? Unfortunately, that's the kind of attitude that yeah. makes it much harder for uh, new ideas to come into a field.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know what the formal... the definition of a cartoon is. Um, but really, I mean, I think this thing is absolutely editorial cartooning. I mean, it's cartooning that is taking on a world... Of, of politics and social critique
2: right yeah and it was published in a newspaper yeah yeah. so what's your problem
0: but, I mean I, I, it, it's not her block is that what they're trying to say I think
1: it is you know, you know? but even the her block prize has started going to people like Matt um, yeah. uh, from the Nib and his name I just totally oh, Matt Boris. yeah man no, sure yeah but I think they're le- we'd be less mad about that than the Pulitzer because the
2: Pulitzer has big shiny Nobel-like glory
1: surrounding it in an aura Mm-hmm. Well, well, the guy who won the there was a guy who won the Pulitzer, and now again I am spacing out his name, but his first name was Mark, and he is lives in San Francisco, and he actually made little videos that ran on the San Francisco Chronicle oh, really? website, and he won a Pulitzer
0: for editorial uh, cartooning. Or yes, he yeah, did. Oh, and, interesting. Uh,
1: that was a bit of a shock to some people. <laughs> I think so. Wait, maybe what you know what? I'm taking back. He won the Herb Block Prize. So he won want yes. uh-huh. yeah. Well, Well, so, that's you but know. still. A, um, an editorial
0: cartoonist, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you know, we're moving forward slowly. Now, yeah. now, speaking of moving forward, all right, guys, listen. This is my hot tip. you yeah. got to check out Nancy.
0: Yes, that's right. We've lit. been hearing about it this. It is
1: lit. So there is new Nancy now. There is a new Nancy. Now, let me tell you. So uh, Nancy, of course, is the comic strip created by Ernie Bushmiller, mm-hmm. which is long-reigned as part of a cult of cartoonists. And you know uh, that... Mark Newgarden put out that How to Read Nancy yeah. book, mm-hmm. which is deep into the texts of the cult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. And, you know, I think at, was it at Brooklyn Comics Fest where they had a whole big panel about how to read I And they had
0: one in mocha too. Actually, yeah. I went to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. MoCA, the, 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 the cult, on there was on
1: a Sunday. cult, cult ceremony. <laughs>
0: yes, pretty um, much. Anyway, <laughs> but the
1: Bushmiller, uh, you know, Scott McCloud, five-card Nancy, a uh, card game based on random Nancy panels. So, anyway, the Bushmiller view of Nancy has been revered for many years. Um, there's been, Bushmiller has passed away for a long time. Um, several artists have taken over who are not fit to, you know, polish his Pulitzer, but, um, uh, Guy Kilchrist most recently who did this kind of more nineties looking Nancy, I want to say. Okay. Well, he retired and now there's a new cartoonist. Now of note, it is the first female cartoonist. Uh, which is interesting. Also of note, she goes by the name of Olivia James, but that is not her real name, yeah. and nobody has yet said who she really is or what okay. her real working name is. And Nancy is just busted wide open with references to earbuds and uh, Facebook and... Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest. And
2: cornbread. Well, there has always been cornbread. There
1: has always been. <laughs> but,
2: um, but it doesn't feel like... How do you do, fellow kids? I mean, it's it's not like they're cramming in modern references in a well, stupid Well, kids today way. are on
1: Facebook.
0: Well, I think they are, well, and but they that, will. But
2: that's what I mean. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. what yes. I... Have you seen the... I guess you are behind the times enough to not know the how do you do fellow kids meme, do no, you? No, I don't. No, you don't. Okay, so basically... You were supposed to send me those Tumblr links, Kate, and you never did. <sighs> okay, so uh, basically it's, the idea is that an old guy is pretending to be a teenager badly oh and he and he's wearing a bas- backwards baseball hat holding a skateboard going how do you do fellow kids um and so sometimes things that try to modernize mm-hmm. come off a lot like that well this is obvi- but this
1: does not no. No, obviously no, olivia james is of this generation she's a millennial or else the world's smartest yeah. old timer but no and uh, listen, it just, uh, there's, uh, I'm a member of a secret Nancy cult Facebook group, and let me tell you, they were up in arms. There was pitchforks. Why? They were, uh, What's not there the was like? so much hate for this new strip that a separate group had to be created on Facebook just for people to talk about how awful this new strip is. But, wh- but why do but they hate it so much? Because they like Ernie
0: Bushmar. They don't, don't want to do anything. They other. don't want to do anything. What about the mediocre guy? In the guy Nancy before. panel on, uh, on Sunday, one of the things they talked about is how, uh, you know, Bushmiller was a master of the, all of the car- the the cartooning lexicon, yes. all the things from sawing logs and Z's to <laughs> sleep to, you name it. You know, stars mm-hmm. when you hit somebody and they hurt, and uh. and and they talk about this. This is a, the language of comics here, mm-hmm. and but they also talked about how it's updated and even well into the 1970s. The, the cars in Nancy still look like they were from yes. the 1940s, yes. yes. But you know, they also said, but you know, he, he he does introduce new stuff in, and I think we're seeing it now that these kinds of stripped-down forms that are perfectly iconic and you recognize them immediately, like earbuds, this, this is what Nancy does. Yeah. Turns our world into, you know, some sort of English kanji no. that we can, like, look at and instantly read and right. instantly know what it is. Well,
1: it's, it's definitely gotten notice and, and people, like, there's an article. I wanted to be the first to write an article, but I was beaten out by the AV club. But <laughs> the, the strip has only been running for... Uh, it started, a, like, a week ago monday so literally two weeks and people are talking about nancy all
0: right well yeah
1: i mean i guess i guess maybe
2: it's a artifact of my generation but i just don't see what anyone would be upset about now if she had been the first person to do it after ernie i get it because no one's as good as the original but yeah.
1: but you know, there have kate,
2: been many people in between who have been far i less want to tell good. you
1: something kate And i don't know if you realize this or not what? Old people like to complain. <laughs> they,
2: they do. They do. I just don't know why they picked up on this particular you know, thing.
0: You know, they, you got to complain about something. Yeah. So, well, I guess. Uh, well, speaking but, of
1: old things. Yes,
0: but speaking of, yeah, another old thing, made new again. Um, uh, Action Comics number one. If you don't know it, uh, I'm going to use... Paul Levitz, the former president of of <laughs> action DC Comics, Comics 1000. Uh, yeah, yes, but but what it's it's honoring Action Comics number one, ah. and 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 as he put it, the single most important comic book ever published in America. We're at the action. We're at the thousandth issue of Action Comics, the comic that introduced Superman to the mm. world in 1938, and um, look, DC has is putting out a special issue that's got like a. Uh, a new Superman story by um, what uh, Brian Bendis right. and and, his and, um, debut on and the J- uh, Jim Lee, but they also put out a hardcover commemorative anthology uh, edited by Paul Levitz. That's really kind of a delight. that also has like uh, not every story, but most of the stories that were in that first issue, but also stories from across the eighty-year history uh, Superman stories across the eighty-year history. A new Superman story by. Paul Levitz and mm. Neil Adams um, but also essays essays by um, uh, Jerry Siegel's daughter um, uh, uh, Laura Siegel Larson uh, just about her father the, the the guy who wrote and created Superman um, uh, I talked to Paul a little bit about Joe Schuster who drew it and we talked about what the American comic book industry was like in 1938 and the impact of action comics on it Fast forward, of course, to what it means today to be published uninterrupted for for eighty years. So, yeah,
1: no, it's impressive. I mean, congratulations to DC and yeah. Superman and surviving a lot of uh, lawsuits and turmoil, <laughs> yes, but they made it. They made it all this way.
0: They got so. us here. So, yeah. on that note, so news briefs,
2: and now the briefs. But our briefs will not be very briefs because we have lots of them. Okay, so let's start unhappy and get happier. Unhappy. News is that uh, Japan's manga industry has been hurting hard from pirates, so much so that um, the Japanese government has made an announcements saying, you know, due to the depth of losses financially for our cultural treasure, basically, that they are going to take extreme measures. Uh oh. Extreme measures that actually have regular members of the Jap- Japanese public very upset Um, and some debate as to whether this is constitutional etc etc basically they've just decided to shut down manga quote unquote leech sites which are like aggregators of scanlations Hmm. Um, without any kind of due process or warrant or whatever they'll just be like boop shut it off and some people are like well yes they're doing this to manga aggregators which none of us agree are good but if they have the right to just boop shut it off to things what does this mean the next time they don't like some site we put up online um Uh uh-huh it's a slippery slope yep there is yeah yeah maybe they need a slightly more transparent process and so i suspect there will be considerably more to come on that uh on a much happier note the rest of the briefs (laughs) so we've got three very important film announcements comics to film announcements so first um american way john ridley's comic is going to be adapted for film by wait for it john ridley um i think we can all agree that no one would do a better job of adapting his work than himself the oscar speaks for itself
0: And you know, there's a new... He's also going to incorporate the newest, the sequel. There's a sequel to The American Way that came out this year. He's actually... Those Above and Those Below.
2: That's actually what the movie's going to be based on, is Those Above and Those Below, Mm -hmm. Um, which actually has caused the only controversy surrounding this, which is that a lot of people are like, well, Those Above and Those Below is good, but the first one is even better, (laughs) and I wish that
0: were the movie. Well, the first one is... It I think is better <laughs> I think it is better
1: It's kind of a neoclassic you Yeah kind of, It
0: really but, um, is so. But you know
1: uh, Hey Hey that inter- could be the sequel He's an interesting filmmaker uh, yeah. And I would be very interested To see him make a movie Based on his own I, I work. would I agree yes. And he's cool. going to
0: have to Incorporate some yep. of the first book
1: Spielberg
2: steven spielberg is going to be filming a black hawk movie well he's in talks he's He's in talks he's in talks but he's in documented actual facts talks what makes this especially interesting other than the fact that steven spielberg doing a dc comic about flying aces is that actually this is a very old comics rumor this has been discussed but never confirmed by Spielberg since the 1980s and it just didn't happen and didn't happen but I guess with the sort of revival in Spielberg's career as he's become more active again and you know the revival of interesting comic book movies and this kind of material maybe now's the time Mm -hmm. he's striking while the iron's hot Um, and now and now the uh, comics to film project no one was expecting (sighs) And no one over the age of 10 wanted except Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds will be playing Detective Pikachu. How is that possible? (laughs) Well, he may be computer animated. I don't know. But everyone else will be live action. So it's being described as live action Detective Pikachu. Okay. Okay. Uh, So I guess there will be more to come on that. Well, you know, oh. So Homestuck. Yes, the, there we go. The giant <laughs> The hit incomprehensible
0: ex- book we've all been waiting for. <laughs>
2: experimental webcomic of, of vast, vast popularity that like made over a million dollars on Kickstarter just to make a video game based on it has finally hit actual factual print from a regular publisher... Um, it's Biz. a massive volume from Biz, of all yes. people. <laughs> it's a well, no, it makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's yeah. it's as close to manga as it is to any kind of traditional American comic, which is to say, it's not close
0: to either. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> I uh, would agree.
2: But it's in a form that people who are allergic to flash animation can enjoy, yeah. which is important. Um, and it's you know, it's it's wildly popular, and I've been trying to read it and put off by flash animation so all kinds of people like me who get headaches looking at it will now be able to well, enjoy it,
1: Homestuck it is interesting that Homestuck has been so huge and um, it'll be interesting to see if this yeah. print edition revival because it's kind of faded a little bit since well, it, I mean, ended, it ended but yeah, yeah. but so. I bet I, I think it'll sell yeah. I yeah. think it'll sell like crazy. oh yeah cakes.
0: totally it's a beautiful book yeah it is uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure
1: so you guys next time we talk Avengers: Infinity War
0: will Ooh. come out. Are you going to go see it, Calvin? I of course.
1: <laughs> Kate, this is no hell. Away in hell.
0: Yeah, I'm going to okay. go see it. I the mean, way they, that's hell? what it's like. It's 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 like a drug addiction. I mean, you you've got yeah. I'm yeah. I have
1: my ticket already. I'm
0: a zombie. I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to try to avoid all spoilers. I don't want to know who
1: dies. Yeah. Well. I mean, I know it's going to be. But you know <laughs> 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 I, I, okay, I'm going them. to bleep that be. out uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just a guess.
2: Nobody knows who's gonna die. nobody knows yeah. who's gonna nobody gonna knows die. All right. uh, yeah, well, maybe they'll they'll play a trick on us, and two people will die.
0: Could be all right, but
2: there will definitely be more to come.